Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Well, hi there, and thank you very much for joining us today on this podcast. And I'm very pleased to have with me Roberta Syria of uh, SICPA. Roberta, hi, welcome. Hello, Fraser. Good to be with you today. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, it's my pleasure, actually, to have this conversation because uh, I wanted to know a little bit more about SICPA and to find out a little bit about the story around uh, the technology and the projects that you're working on. And obviously, we're talking uh, here about Thermalink Jet. Um, so, Roberta, just tell us a little bit, for anyone who doesn't know, a bit about SICPA, a bit of, maybe a bit about the history. And, and I know that you worked for Olivetti, so your background is very much in, in this space. Tell us about how you come to be working for SICPA and, and, and what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, sure. I joined SICPA eight years ago. SICPA is a leading provider of secure identification, authentication and traceability solutions and services that, is all, that are offered to governments, central banks, high security printers and industry. SICPA uh, was founded in 1927. It is headquartered in Switzerland and operates now in the five continents. The core expertise is in the high security inks, which are used to protect the majority of the world's uh, banknotes and currencies and uh, security documents, protecting them from the threat of counterfeiting and fraud. But now it is also expanding its business portfolio with various uh, initiatives in, in the field of innovation and building partnership uh, ecosystems, also in the digital space. So what happened in, with Olivetti in 2013, uh, SIGPA took the decision to acquire the INJA division of Olivetti in order to vertically integrate the technologies in marking and coding for the benefit of the traceability solutions. And a few years later, following a significant R&D investment on the cartridges and the portfolio of the links, it was decided to offer the technology to OEM partners. And it is at that point that because of my background uh, uh, that includes uh, over 15 years in the printing industry at Olivetti, I was asked to move from my previous activities at SIGPA to develop the OEM in jet market uh, on a global level in the role of a B2B tech director. Yeah, and obviously your background with Olivetti, you're familiar you know, with this kind of technology, you, uh, you know, and it's there's a kind of, there's a history of technology Olivetti were obviously based in Italy. I know that with SICPA, the, you've got the sort of Swiss headquarters in Lausanne, and then you have your R&D department in Italy. Um, explain more about the R&D and, and kind of what goes on there and, and you know, why, why it's based yeah, in, sure. in Italy. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> As you said, that the headquarters is in Switzerland near Lausanne, where we have the corporate functions, the things, uh, development R&D, and digital uh, solutions are indeed the central coordinations of the operations and manufacturing uh, uh, are based in the country. But SIGPA has also built a network of center of excellence in the five continents mm. uh, to, to follow you know, more closely the customer in those continents. Sure. And in Italy, near Aosta, we have the center of excellence for thermal injet where the R&D and the manufacturing of cartridges are based. And this is obviously, as you said, the heritage of the Olivetti facility and yep. the injected division. And uh, the team there is uniquely specialized in the microfluidic design, in the formulation of inks for the technologies in material science and silicon processes. 
in the design of mechanical and electronic components and real-time embedded humor. Those skills and expertise in developing printer products uh, uh, built up to, uh, are built up through decades of activities in interest, and we believe this makes it an ideal supplier and partner to audience uh, in, in the digital printing domain. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so in this conversation, uh, this podcast, um, I know that you were keen to talk a little bit about thermal inkjet and actually explain for anyone a bit more about that, the benefits of thermal inkjet and, and other incumbent technologies that make it possible, I guess, as a choice, an alternative choice to piezo technology for uh, industrial applications, yeah? Yeah, sure. The, well, the thermal uh, drop-on-demand uh, technologies, uh, as you know, were introduced in the 1980s by Canon and Hewlett-Packard. In the 90s, Olivetti signed a cross-license agreement with those two companies and developed a very successful line of facsimile machines and office printers and started to contribute with numbers of patents to the evolution of thermal inter technology. In the 1990s and year 2000, the technology evolved to address the consumer photoprinting market, and it made it possible to do high-quality photoprinting at home. Great announcements during those years were achieved in the color pipeline management by the R&D teams of these three companies. And uh, this uh, know-how, let's say, is very useful also today. By and large, in the past, uh, as we know, thermal agents have been mostly associated with this consumer market because everyone was used to having a, an inject desktop printer at home or in the office. But the limitation in the industrial market was due to the limited variety of inks available for thermal inject because this method is compatible with inks that have a high vapor pressure, low boiling points, high corrosion stability that is a residual dialect from the continuous heating and cooling of the thermistor, and those typically are characteristics uh, of uh, water-based beams. So in order to expand the application's latitude, as other beam suppliers did in recent years, SIGPILE started investing in research and development in the formulation of new inks, allowing to print on a variety of substrates different from paper, such as polycarbonate, PVC, polypropylene, polyethylene, ABS, PLA, PMLA. Don't ask me. The full names of all these acronyms quite complicated. Yeah. So the ink family now includes uh, aquos, water-based, solvent-based, which, which is a solvent ethanol, more eco-friendly than MAC, and uh, uh, the last generation of ECOS UVQR inks, uh, and also some solvent inks for UV top coating that we use to print on plastic. And the inks available allows SIGPA to expand the market beyond printing on paper-based substrates, including and marking to new applications that require printing on plastics and other media. And uh, obviously, the standard cartridges and print engines Previously used with ecosinks have to be adapted and modified accordingly. And this has been a major activity done by our R&D department. Yeah, um, I, I guess people are interested to know what the possible applications, you know, what you're working on, 
possibly what you think might be a prospective opportunity for using this technology because it's it's you know it offers different benefits as you said so just tell us a bit more about the kind of the physical and digital applications that you know you're looking at yeah the digital and physical worlds uh, as we can see in every domain are more and more interlinked nowadays and uh, in, in currencies in identity solutions in brand protection and this security printing we see this phenomenon that is occurring uh, right now uh, so an example of where those words are coming together are, for instance, fully digital applications that need to prove the authenticity of a citizen using a physical identity document. I'm referring, for instance, to mobile identification solutions or electronic voting systems, where a cryptic code is printed on a physical card and the owner's identity and authenticity of the document can be proofread with a mobile device. This is a very nice example, in my opinion, of this uh, combination of digital and physical worlds. And TICPA is enabled printing high-quality uh, identification cards and also has developed a digital authentication seal called a solution called Certus that can be printed on the card. Those cards can be used to identify people, goods, and companies whose authenticity can be verified both visually and digitally with an application, with an app on the mobile phone. Yeah, yeah, that's good, isn't it? And, and I know that you've also looked at uh, areas like life sciences. I know that's one of those kind of big market opportunities for you. Tell us a bit uh, more about that. Is, is that. That's right, isn't it? Correct. Uh, and life science... Uh, for me personally, it's really a fascinating domain. Yeah. And there are various applications where the technology used in Injet can be applied. To make some examples, uh, one is the production of miniaturized lab-on chip that enables to select individual cells from a blood sample of a patient and exploit the same principle of microfluidics that are used in the design of a thermal printer. We use this, uh, this technology, this solution uh, to, to build a miniaturized uh, lab on chip uh, to select the blood cells uh, of a human, of a fetal uh, from uh, the blood uh, of the mother or for selecting uh, cancer cells uh, into a blood sample. So it's really fascinating and interesting as a yeah, domain. Uh, another one uh, is in the microdosing of biofluids. For instance, uh, biofluids that contain DNA strains that can be depositing, uh, deposited using thermal intercepts on a microarray that is used to perform in vitro diagnosis, or that can be used to spray microdoses of me medicaments in consumer devices. Uh, or hospital equipment in uh, in, in um, intensive care units or surgery rooms. So this is again another example of application where this thermal injet capability of injected the small particles of fluids uh, is very useful. And another one, which is let's say more traditional, is in printing secure authentication marks into medical devices and equipment consumables and spare parts to guarantee the authenticity uh, of, of the spare parts 
or to create security liaison to help certificates again with the circuit solutions I was mentioning the, yeah, yeah. Uh, before. So there are multiple areas of the life science domain where the technology can be applied in this. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? It's really, you know, it offers amazing scope um, for, as you said, sort of life sciences, you know, dramatically important to, to, um, to that sector I, I guess you can also do things that are more sort of retail focused or you know thing I don't know like I, I, I know that we mentioned toys before I know that you mentioned also there's an opportunities with 3D yeah, yeah um, that's a, a completely different yeah, domain. yeah, yeah it's just absolutely. more amusing let's yeah. say but uh, in general the CNY inks of a color printer that can be used to print in color not only of paper inside but on different uh, substrates and so it can be used to print, uh, for instance, uh, on white threads in cotton and polyester for textile, or on uh, PLA, polyactic acid threads, with, uh, with solvents in weddings. And indeed, this technology has been used uh, in, in those two domains, and in particular in the second one, by one of our partners in a 3D printer, uh, targeting the hobbies and the educational markets to, to print in color small objects using the white PLA thread. And the advantage of, uh, of this technology is that it is accessible to end user and easy to use. We've yeah. also had a couple of projects with the major toys producers in the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting, isn't it? Um, and then I guess what else? Well, we, we focused recently with our summit on packaging um but there are some challenges with packaging aren't there because obviously with food packaging particularly um there's issues with inks that uh, are quite challenging for for inkjet technology does thermal give you an advantage how does that thermal help in that way kind of thing yeah, if we start printing on food, primary packaging is challenging. Secondary, yeah. not, but primary packaging yeah. is challenging because it has to be guaranteed being components do not migrate. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very important, and depending on the country, there are regulations which are more or less uh, strict around that. So the more eco-friendly the ink, the better. So that's why we have decided not to produce an ink that is based on, on NFT, but... Uh, uh, we have used uh, inks in the past, uh, edible inks, so uh, we, we have developed applications for the food decoration so that mm. the printed images could literally be eaten without risk. <laughs> is, is that on things like cakes? And, and, yes, you know, exactly, yeah. cakes, chocolates, biscuits. Yeah. And in some countries, I think US in particular, the personalization of cakes and chocolate is very, yeah, very is popular. Yeah. And um, without going to that extreme, uh, sticking to the packaging, we have developed the water-based uh, UV pure beans yeah. that currently are good adherence, no migration, and also have developed a cost-effective UV lamp that, that can ease the integration of uh, the six-pointer printer that we have developed into smaller production sites and less demanding applications. Yeah. So this field is very much, uh, let's say, crowded. Yeah. And uh, continuous inject uh, is the technology that is most often used or la- laser. But I think we, there is a room for uh, for thermal inject, provided the ink uh, is really the right one. So there is a lot of R&D investments around that that we are doing 
as well as other suppliers. Sure, sure. Did you just say that you have developed your own curing system? Yes. We develop uh, our own uh, UV lamp. This is yeah. lead-based, that is uh, small size and uh, cost-effective, so mm-hmm. that it can be integrated in uh, desktop printers as well as small industrial uh, industrial environments. Because uh, the, the UV lamps available today are quite costly, so yeah. there are some domains, like the pharmaceutical domain, where is, uh, the precision and the accuracy is... Uh, the utmost importance and uh, they can allow to to install uh, a 5,000 bucks uh, uh, lamp but there are other areas where uh, the cost is uh, the cost constraints are important so we, we believe it was worth to to build our own lamp that could be more cost effective for certain customers so when you are working on a particular project um what are the kind of key challenges and, and how do you deal with those challenges? Well, the challenge is that uh, each project, when you work on specialty applications, each project is unique. So it is difficult to standardize a product. So the decision has been many years ago to focus on the core know-how and core components of the technology, such as the print heads, the print bar, and the print modules. Plus the inks, of course, because uh, uh, we, we want to control the, uh, the ownership and the developments on the inks. And uh, with those core components, uh, we help the EOM partners to integrate uh, the components into the printer product. And this is, let's say, 70% of the, the business model. In some cases where the partner doesn't have the capability to fully design, develop, and manufacture the printer, we also offer the services. So we design the printer based on the customer specification. We develop uh, uh, the hardware and the software, and we also manufacture the whole printer with our central manufacturer in in Asia. Um, But our bandwidth is limited for those type of projects, so we have to be very selective. Sure. Only when there is a real business certification that uh, allow us to pursue these uh, these type of projects. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in two things, I guess. Um, one is your R and T development, uh, R and D development. You know, you, you you spend a lot of time and and thinking about that, and you also seem to be focused quite a lot on your customers' customers' needs and and have quite strong special relationships. Um, you know, would, would you have customers on projects? You know, the, the, do they? The, do you sense that you are tuned in really well to a customer's particular requirements, and that the R and D team are able to to tweak the technology to suit what uh, that that kind of special need that you get from a customer? Yes, indeed. Um... Obviously, we have some standard products in our portfolio, cartridges, inks, and printer engines, and we offer those to, to the customers, and uh, in most cases, uh, they are enough to satisfy the customer needs. But in other cases, where there is a need of uh, personalization, so a custom development, if the business justification exists, then the customer contributes to the capex investments and the engineering costs, we consider adapting the, those standard products to meet the needs of the specific product. 
and uh, why the areas where we are really willing to invest and bear the cost uh, fully uh, is in the formulation, as we said, because uh, this is one of the core values of TICPA. We know that things can make the difference with respect to, to other technologies, and it's very important uh, the, what I mentioned at the beginning, the vertical integration. So we control the development of the cartridge, the manufacturing, and the inks. So we can really adapt our cartridge design to the inks and vice versa. That's a, we think it's a key, it's a key aspect of, uh, of this business and uh, the, the full control of, uh, of the two components of the technology. What's the drawback of this approach is that uh, obviously the state cycle and the timeline of the project takes several months normally. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the business return may be longer than expected or desired. Yeah. But the good thing is that our customers become real partners between yeah. the, the, a very long-term uh, relationship. So, so I guess you'd argue that this is, yeah, okay, it's quite a long cycle, sales cycle is complex, but because of the R&D team, because of the development of the technology, it's a, it's kind of a marriage that, that sits closely together and, you, you know, it, it's, you're in for the long, the long run, not, not a short fix kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And also we think uh, that, as I mentioned uh, other times, so we feel uh, we are like more a boutique company. We are not a big player. And I think we, this could be a, a way to differentiate from other big players in the market. There are not many companies that you know uh, actually in thermal interest. So uh, we have, uh, let's say, developed this kind of uh, niche area where sure. we can provide uh, the, the services that the customers are looking for. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's really useful to to just hear the story to to get an understanding of the where you come from, you know, the mission, the, the vision you have as a as a business, you know, because obviously people see SIGPA, they kind of exactly as you said at the beginning, you know, kind of think big currency, credit cards, you know, that, but but actually this is a, a quite a significant partnership between your team and what you do and uh, the bigger organization, isn't it? Yeah, so, correct. Right. Roberta, thank you very much for your time. Was there anything you just wanted to say to anyone that's listening in terms of if they're interested in talking to you about a project or, uh, you know, in, in terms of a partnership opportunity? Mm, yes, obviously, we, we have some uh, information on the SIGPA website and mm -hmm. the Thermal Inter Solutions, uh, where the, the potential customers interested in our technology can have a look at what we provide. Uh, we don't do much, let's say, marketing yep. in, in the traditional sense, as you know, but uh, uh, we build a one-to-one -one relationship with our customers and uh, if anyone is interested to decide in what we can offer and uh, if there is a possibility to build a partnership, uh, we are here, so please contact me to LinkedIn or directly. My address is name, surname, uh, dot surname at sigma.com, so they can reach me out quite easily, I guess. And also Thanks thank you. The future print for this invitation, I very much appreciate this conversation. No, no, it's, it, it's good to just hear it, to be able to get a bit of clarity. You know, we've been sharing some some uh, information articles, and I know there's a little brochure available from you now. Uh, so we've been sharing that on our futureprint.tech website. Um, 
but yeah thank you very much Roberta. it's been great to have a chat with you and to just hear a little bit more thank you thank you very much have a nice day bye-bye Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up and visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Futureprint events. We'll see you next time on the Futureprint podcast.